Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from Treasonable Studios in Los Angeles with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian, a world traveler, a statistician, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast, which can now be heard on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Always a pleasure to have her with us. Kat Alvarado, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. So excited. Thanks for being here. Very, very excited to have you. And we do have some uh, some lady business to talk about this week. Ooh. So I was uh, I was very happy when you said you could do the show. Yay! You know, bunch of bunch of dudes sitting around talking about abortion. That's how we get where we are. So <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. maybe I'm here to represent. Yeah, don't want to don't want to mirror that hey, don't behavior. Don't assume I've got a uterus. You may not know. That's but a bit I, presumptuous, sure isn't it? At some point, you know. don't assume my gender. <laughs> my I'm, my pronouns are she, her. So you're good. Excellent. <laughs> mine mine are possessive. So uh, <laughs> my therapist says I need to work on that. Uh, well, you've <laughs> thank you for being here, Kat. You've already heard him laughing and commenting. He is a comedian who's originally from San Francisco. He toured for a decade and is now a writer and commercial and film actor in Los Angeles. Always happy to have him back on the panel. Jeffrey Scott Hendrick, welcome, sir. Hi, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, I just I love being the Charles Grodin of this podcast. I really do. I just want to record your laugh. I can't even do. <laughs> well, you know, smoke know, a pack a day it. for twenty years. And just, and, yeah, I could just record that and play it anytime on my podcast. I want someone to laugh. I I am happy to uh, to do that for you. That is little, what uh, yeah. That's what all ex smokers sound like when we laugh. Li- little, little known wheezy. fact. Uh, well. I'm sure some people know it, but I do uh, do a lot of editing work on mm-hmm. Villains of History, and y- you want my laugh. You you've done things on the show where, and it's it's kind of like you're looking for something or thinking uh-huh. about something. You know, we all we all have our little you know the sounds that we make that come out. But there was there was one, and I think I sent you an edit where I had it as the tag after the uh, the end theme but it was <laughs> but bum 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 like you just did something where you were like looking something up da, 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 da. that might like, have been it, it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was very rhythmic very sharp it was like intentional it was it was beautiful uh, for for those wondering uh time and ship is not with us this week because he got a last minute booking in Utah Good so time. godspeed <laughs> <laughs> wow. And uh, and Timon will be back with us next week. Me, I am Dr. David Robinson. I'm your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. Whether it will be viral or Texan in nature, could be both these days, you never know. We will find out. But before then, we do have a lot to talk about. And before that, a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America. And people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... 
Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread Variants. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread Variants. Available in Delta Variant everywhere. Now and when you least expect it, Unmitigated Spread Variants. It's time for another peak. And it, it is, we do have a new variant that's mm. making the news. Moo? Uh, moo. <laughs> Uh-oh, are you taking the ivermectin? <laughs> no, I'm not one of those sheep. Wait a minute. <laughs> you you know, know, something something that worries me a little bit. I, well, there are a lot of things that worry say, me. It's a long but, list, brother. <laughs> uh, specifically, I you know, because I was doing... I was doing my own research, uh, but you know, reading up on the news for for this week's episode and reading some articles about the Mu variant, and the the actual name of the Mu variant is B.1.621. What's that? Oh, hey, what do you know? I don't huh. know if it was discovered on the sixth, but it was discovered in Colombia. In January of 2021. I don't know if it's the sixth, but yeah, it's like, well, that's like, why don't we just call it the insurrectionist, you know? (laughs) Look, I I just, look, as a math person, I have to correct you. It is mu. It is mu. It's mu. That's the Greek letter. It is mu. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. It's not mu. What is is the significance of of, uh, the notation mu in mathematics? Uh, It just usually means a mean. You, it's very, very boring. It's just the the middle of a. You know, you got the bell curve, right? Your normal distribution. Mu is the mean, right there. Yeah, right so on. Average, middle. middle. Well, the the yeah. mean average. and the average are slightly different, but right? It's an mm-hmm. important distinction. See, yeah. I remember shit from math. Yeah. <laughs> And I also, I, I do admit, I did go with the Americanized uh, version of the letter, but great uh, electronic musician, uh, music, um, uh, which is the Greek letter mu dash S-I-Q. Good shit. Cute. Yeah, if you're into the, you yeah. know, the, you know, knob twiddling stuff. Uh, Here, here's a fun thing. I don't know if it's that fun. Um, <laughs> there's a difference between, there's the, the sample average and then there's the population average. One of those is mu. I can't remember, but there was a whole thing of like, how close can you get to like the real mu versus like your mu and your population sample? I See, know. I would have thought that would just be about how close you can get to the samples before they run out when you go to Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it's based how, on the population and the you know, number hungry. of toothpicks. Maybe a little. <laughs> how close can you get to the moo before it wakes up? Can you tip it over first? Where's <laughs> my Turlock upbringing rearing its ugly head? Turlock. Is that in California? Is oh, that yeah. Like a you rural heard, part of California? You ever heard of, yeah. You ever heard of Modesto? Yes. Yeah. We're the small town they make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, Turlock. Speaking of livestock and COVID and everything, there is, <laughs> there is uh, well, it, it started as an actual comment on uh, one of the social media ivermectin groups before it became a meme. Deservedly so, if, if you ask me. But um, it, was a, it was a screenshot from, from Facebook from a woman who said, 
Hubby started running fever. I have the pace. <laughs> it goes on. He waits, not weighs, waits, W-E-I-G-H-T-S. He waits about 250. I have seen the lists. However, I need someone to, O-T, to misspelled. I need someone to break it down for me in kindergarten terms. And I, I just, you know, as, as someone who paid $20 for his doctorate, uh, I think you can take my advice when I say, if you need something broken down in kindergarten terms, maybe you shouldn't be administering medicine. Or you could just ask Governor Abbott, because I'm sure he's, that's about where he rolls. Pardon the pun. Yeah, I, uh... What? 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 I'm going to hell now? What? Well, yeah, I, you know, I... I, I think uh, Governor Abbott should have no say in uh, in the law like they passed this week because oh. of all people he does not have standing. So hello, um, <laughs> we're making fun of the handicap now. <laughs> it's you know it's not the people who are actually handicapped though. He he just had a tree fall on him. That that's just God's unfinished work. Um, <laughs> Like oh. <laughs> I feel like God probably and I I don't necessarily believe in an Almighty so if if there is one I can't help but think when that tree fell on on Greg Abbott Look, God if, just sounded like like Maxwell Smart missed it by <laughs> that much Look, if you're if you're all if you're all powerful and you can't take out a piece of shit like Greg Abbott turn in your all powerful card see I have I have a theory. And this is coming from someone who isn't religious, you know, but I've seen a lot of people who question faith with, with the whole, well, if God's real, how come bad people exist? And I, I personally believe that, well, if God is real, he delegates or she, you know, could, could go either way. But I think there are horrible people on this planet to do the work that God doesn't want to dirty their hands up with themselves. <laughs> so it's like I had a I had a landlord when I was in college who had previously been the dean of the journalism school who was like 90 some odd years old fell off his riding mower got dragged across his lawn <laughs> i mean and people are like how the fuck is he still alive and it's like because god wants to use him to punish others oh no <laughs> wow to build your character okay building character how boring would you be if everything in your life was good boy howdy I, I don't know. After this last year, I think I've got enough character to fill a Dickens novel. Can we go to something easy now? But back to the lady who's like, break it down for me in kindergarten terms. Right. How far have we come from respecting authority figures and experts? Like how, I keep on thinking about how hard it is to take a class like organic chemistry, right? Remember oh, yeah. college, everybody? Remember those really hard classes that had high failure rates? Like the upper level, upper division classes that Without you end up classes. taking. Even yeah. Though, yeah. It, it was a long time ago. But I think some people just forget how hard shit is. It's like, okay, look, you know how hard it was in your own major at some point? Like, there are other majors that also have textbooks mm, that you have to read. I don't know. And, like, <laughs> and, and I have... I have a degree in communications and a $20 honorary doctorate from the Universal Life Church. So I think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just, it, it's Did I mention the degree is radio TV communications? <laughs> <laughs> so you know exactly where you're talking about. 
Like, people just need to be humbled. I think everybody needs to just go crack open an organic chemistry textbook, and I want y'all to read it cover to cover, and then come back to me and tell me you know more than a doctor who right. took that plus times like 20 more or 50 more of those things and read all those fucking textbooks and can now come back and be like, don't fucking use ivermectin, it's horse paste. Yeah. You know, like there's a reason. <laughs> well, and it's like there, there are indications uh, where it is used in, in human medicine. Rosacea. Uh, yeah, parasites actually. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a different formulation, different amounts of the drug in... You know, which is what I love about, you know, uh, hubby, hubby weights uh, about 250. Uh, how much horse paste do I give him? It's like, well, it's not so much about the weight, but how many hands tall is he? That's. Uh, <laughs> do you expect him to be tested when he runs in the derby? This is a huge question. <laughs> This is big because he'll it'll show. Well, Can this someone is... tell her, her his dick isn't going to grow like if she gives him horse pace. It doesn't work that way. I think that's Honestly, I'm for. I'm seeing like a whole new field of of expertise for Bob Baffert. I mean, the guy knows about drugging horses. If if you can't depend on him for for your uh, human to horse conversion rates. I'm, you know, I'm still waiting for them to, to let us know about, and, and someone pointed out to me that ketamine is also indicated for use in humans, uh, especially these days. It's being used as a nasal spray for treatment-resistant depression. I've only used it recreationally. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, when, when that's being brought out to, uh, hey, this is good for COVID. You know what? It's, it's good for a lot of things. It's time. It's time to bring back the quaalude. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to have a drug that has absolutely no medicinal purpose, but is a hell of a lot of fun. See, but the it thing is time. The thing about ketamine yeah. uh, in actual veterinary use, it's uh, used as an anesthetic right. uh, for surgery. In human medicine, it's used as a pre-anesthetic. Uh, recreationally, it's it's used for dancing usually, uh, which I, you know I brought up music earlier. You know that's that's the shit. Uh, but and this this was like one of those signs, like in in my life and particularly like the drug taking portion of it, where I realized I was getting old. For me, the the great thing about ketamine wasn't the actual trip or the buzz. But it's it's a you know about like a two hour kind of thing, and there's no come down, and when it's over, you feel like you have woken up from the most restful sleep you have ever had. Do you, do you hmm. have any? And no, but you know, but that and that's the thing. It's like yeah, fuck the fuck the buzz and the the stroby, like all the shit that I, I would have loved ten years ago. I feel like I just had a good night's sleep. Give me more of that. <laughs> it's like, okay, buddy. I think that's a sign that you need to start backing away from the drugs and leave them to the kids. You know, it's uh, this is this is how we grow as people. We learn things about ourselves and 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 we move on. Yeah, it's not so. it's it's not the time partying. It's the recovery time that gets bigger and yeah. longer and harder. You know, it's. You kids listening in your twenties, party now, my friends! Party Seriously, now. Seriously, like in, enjoy <laughs> it, it, enjoy it while your system can still handle it. Because even in my heyday, like acid was a three day thing. Because you needed a day to clear your head, yep. get all the negativity out, then a day to trip, and then like a good twenty four hours to like 
get back to reality, you know, get your sleep patterns back and everything. See, this is how we qualify as an educational show. <laughs> we are so far off track. We're, we're a little bit off track. It's very uh, different. It's very different when time is here. <laughs> well, we're when just off here, track in a different way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, we're, we're empowering the people to make their own choices about what they put in their bodies. Okay. You know, because, you know, there are a lot of people, well, I'm not taking no vaccine because i don't know what's in it enjoy your mcrib you know it's it dude you're you're eating lunchables (laughs) what's in anything what's a chicken nugget what yeah i've looked at the chicken i can't find a nugget on it what's a chicken finger like it's a big nugget those those are some really really fucked up chickens (laughs) (laughs) do they have little hands is that what's going on they're like they've been genetically modified you know it's like fingers sure they you know a lot of people have been to the county fair where you see the chicken playing tic-tac-toe but it's just pushing buttons we want a chicken that can actually play tic-tac-toe with a pen so we breed the chickens to have fingers and it turns out those are some of the most delicious parts of the chicken We were really hoping to make a cultural change. We just made a snack instead. This is America. America. King, kings of snack foods. Well, we, we are also pretty good at telling time. And it is the 36th Saturday of the year. Being the 4th of September, that also means it is National Wildlife Day, National Spice Blend Day, and National Tailgating Day. So if you are tailgating with friends today and you can't quite tell what that delicious meat you're eating is, check their front bumper for dents and bloodstains before you ask a question that you probably don't want answered. It is a, it is a long holiday weekend, uh, I'm guessing because of Rosh Hashanah on Monday. Uh, no, Labor Day also, apparently. That's that's a thing. So it's a multi-Monday. It's it's going to be very busy. Uh, apples apples and honey for the Jews and uh, a, a well-earned day off of work for all the uh, the laborers. And a, a tip of the hat to the, the folks who you know, dealt with uh, union busting uh, capitalist mobs and, and all the other things that Thank tried to stymie them on the way to getting us a 40 hour work week. Thank Yay. you. Thank you, Eugene Debs. Yeah. And all those, <laughs> all those like, you know, bring your daughter to work day didn't used to be a thing because your daughter worked there, <laughs> especially <laughs> if it was like a, a mill or something. So uh, big, big ups to, uh, to all the folks uh, looking out for the workers who, Got the kids out of the workplace, except for the the special days of the year, or just the days where you you can't find a sitter, <laughs> as as it happens some days. Well, it is uh, we we are two hundred twenty nine days into the Biden administration, and as of today, we've got Timberney six hundred forty seven thousand three hundred sixty one Americans dead from the coronavirus and 38,894,230 confirmed cases with about 206.5 million people having gotten at least one dose of the vaccine with about 175.5 million of them including three in this very room yay who are fully vaccinated so go team treasonable this is this is what we are about we are promoting um, well, smart choices, and uh, and for those who choose not to make smart choices, uh, good advice on taking drugs, I guess, is uh, is what we do. Now we're you know um, 
we've already been talking a little bit about the the new uh, Mu variant, and already, I think two weeks since it it was first detected in California, three hundred forty eight cases in California that have been identified as the Mu variant. Okay. So, coming soon to a sick person near you. And what uh, is what are the specifics of this particular? Because Delta was more easy to catch, right? And, and I believe they had uh, on-flight TV right built into the seats, right? Is that <laughs> that was Delta, correct? Um, <laughs> but it was uh, Continental that put the pub in the airplane uh, back in the seventies. Which, cat, uh, obviously you don't remember that. Uh, but do you, Jeff, do you do you remember? Uh, had to be like mid late seventies Continental. Uh, their their big thing they they put like a stand up bar in the middle of the plane uh, with like tabletop video games it was like a singles bar because that's what you did in the seventies and there <clears throat> where was I, I uh, <laughs> where Turlock uh, well if, yes unfortunately Delta or, or Continental didn't have a hub at the Turlock International Airport but uh, yeah another ad campaign was uh, like they were making fun of all the other airlines that didn't put a singles bar in the middle of their plane. It was a, sorry, bub, no pub. You know, and it was... Nice. That yeah. sounds dangerous. Having a... it, yeah, well, nope. what was really dangerous was, you know, when, uh, you know, happy hour was when the pilots came out to drink with you. So <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think they did that. But yeah, back to this Mu variant. Yeah. What's special about it? So they're still working on that, but as of now, the one thing they do know, more transmissible than the Delta. Oh, fuck. Yeah. How does it get more transmissible? Viruses mutate. Um, you know, people. It doesn't uh, need a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> it's, if it's in the envelope anywhere in the United States, you could just mail it to anybody. Well, and we're we're gonna get to to that uh, <laughs> soon as well. Well, yeah. like pre-addressed uh, and and postage paid envelopes because we do have a California recall that I want to discuss. Uh, yes. But you you ask how how this happens? You know, people decide not to get vaccinated blow off uh, mask mandates, and so the virus spreads and mutates and learns what it needs to do to stay alive longer. So for for all these idiots in, in places like Florida, uh, like Texas, where, you know, they're, they're trying to outlaw mask mandates for schools because, you know, the hospital's already full. Uh, the, the kids are getting it in record numbers now. So definitely don't want mask mandates in schools where children congregate. That, that's tyranny. Yeah, something like you, that. You know, I was, uh, I, last week I, I did a feature weekend for a conservative commentator. <laughs> that was interesting. And sold out very conservative audiences and and some of his followers started messaging me to to talk because i was posting about masks and how we should get vaccinated and they're like well you know you know blah 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 here's why you shouldn't and and it just struck me i'm dating a marine and he's a liberal and wow how things have changed because after 9-11 so one of the things that the guy said to me was like was about how there's a much smaller number of people who've actually died from covid than the 500 600,000 and i'm like but wait republicans 3,000 people died in 9-11 and y'all were lining up to go overseas and serve your country and do the ultimate sacrifice and now republicans won't even get a vaccine which barely hurts and you have almost no chance of dying 
what happened to this American Patriotic Party that it used well, to be? Well, my guess is the experts that led us into Afghanistan after 9-11, you know, are being confused with the experts who, Studied like we medicine. were saying earlier. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's really sad. They used to be, like, brave and, and masculine, and I can't think of anything less masculine than being scared of a little needle prick. Like... Really? Man, I had to I had to self inject. All right, when I was fighting cancer my second time. So I had to fight I had three times a week, right in the belly, twenty seven gauge needle. Boink. Oh my God. Damn. Yeah, and I know a lot of I know a lot of diabetics. Di- right. it's, it's, That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean And junkies. You got it <laughs> maybe not the best example. <laughs> it's the visual thing you gotta get over. Cause the needle is so tiny it doesn't really hurt. But the idea is you're watching yourself actually jam a needle into your tummy. It's a little weird. <laughs> but once you're over that, you realize, oh, my God, it doesn't hurt. So, yeah, the pain factor thing doesn't make any sense to me. And you're right. After 9-11, people were just, let's go. Let's go fight terror. 3,000 Americans died. Here, we have hundreds of thousands of Americans died. Even if we cut the death toll in half and just say 50% of all that is bullshit, we still have more than hundred, more than 200,000 well, people. Yeah. You know, I think, honestly, these these people, the, you know, the information-resistant folks, uh, honestly, I think if there had been conclusive proof that the, the virus either came from a lab in Wuhan or from you know the wet markets there, they they would have signed up to join the military to go to war with China. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but to uh, to actually get a shot or or wear a mask, like no, they can't do one little thing for their fellow American. Like not one little thing. It impinges on their freedom. One little thing, motherfucker. No, because you can't blame the virus on brown people. So. <sighs> You know, Which is why I said to point? that guy, I was like, uh, at the end of that conversation, I told him that about 9-11 and people signing up for the military. And I'm like, anyways, I'm going to go spend the night at my Marine boyfriend's house now. <laughs> Enjoy your evening. <laughs> you know, I, t- Which I, I hope that made him feel like a giant pussy because <laughs> like, t- my vaccinated Marine boyfriend who was trained to kill Okay, he's a fucking. That's like the most masculine thing you get at. He was a desk marine, but look, he was still <laughs> Dude, he trained to those kill. Spreadsheets, man. <laughs> like, fucking crushed it. Yeah, they do. Also, they do still get the training because <laughs> they do. You know, he knows how to use a fucking bayonet. <laughs> do you, have, did you ask him how many shots he got when he joined up? They they treat you like a pincushion. The army really? Oh, and, oh, oh yeah. Oh, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff you've got to get when you join. Well, I think it's it's a mix of the communal living, and we might send you to places where they don't have the best hygiene and stuff. So, uh, yeah, here's here's shots for everything. Yeah, there you go. Good grief. Yeah, I you know I remember, and I know it it, it was a long time ago, but you know couldn't couldn't go to school if I didn't have my shots. That's, uh, that's you know, still that's still really? the case here in California. Oh, there are weird. tons of required weird. vaccinations. So yeah, you're saying yeah, I couldn't I couldn't volunteer at an old folks home without getting a TB the TB shot or whatever. Right. Yeah, amazing t- tetanus. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no tuberculosis. TB. Yeah. Heaven forbid you give TB to a bunch of old people. COVID though. Oh yeah, no. Oh, they they you know it's only going to kill the weak ones. That's you know we we were talking uh, before we started recording about the the large number of conservative radio talk hosts who have been dying from COVID, and I want to sort of bring this in with the the idea that there was there's an article in the Atlantic this week uh, the, under the the 
headline or title, Stop Death Shaming uh, the, the COVID Victims. And no, nope, sorry. You no. know, this is, this is these, these, easily preventable. You guys are fucking this up for everybody. This is also the fuck your feelings crowd. Yeah. Now I got to be nice to these people well, because they're choosing fuck, ignorance. Fuck your feelings. Yeah. Oh, their feelings, however. Oh, that's right. You know, they're... Well, that's because they think you're a serpent demon. Let's be real. <sighs> no, honestly, honestly, I just, I was, I was just on my phone and I saw an article. This just, just happened. A man in Santa Barbara who had two children drove down from Santa Barbara to Mexico and then like killed his children, an eight month old and then a child a little bit older than that with a spear fishing gun Mm -hmm. and then stabbed him like 20 times because he thought they had gotten serpent DNA from their Democrat liberal mother. Um, And the way he got to this conclusion, QAnon conspiracy theory videos. He got obsessed with QAnon and went, he killed his own damn children. This stuff is not safe. Like the QAnon stuff is dangerous. They are convincing people that people are lizard people, that they're not real. And that's where you tiptoe right into A, mental illness, but then like B, just how propaganda works on people who even don't have mental illness. I mean, that's how the Holocaust happened. They thought the Jews were not actual people. And so they did that. And that's what QAnon is doing. People will if people are willing to kill their own children, that scares me because so many folks are obsessed with QAnon and they just happen to not know enough liberals to go killing them. And just by, yet. by the way, quick plug if you'd like to learn more about anti Semitic conspiracy theories, listen to the Villains of History episode on Henry Ford. Yeah, <laughs> just came out. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pump it cross cross platform promotion right. here, yo. There we go. It's <laughs> what we're doing. Uh, you, you will hear two familiar voices on that episode. Cat Alvarado, the host, and me, the guest. So, yeah, yeah check it out. Yeah, it's, you know, it is it is amazing the logical jumps that a lot of these people will make to, to justify we, their batshit crazy theories, we, whereas, you we know, need to, we Occam's need to change razor that. staring them right in the face. We need to change that phrase then. It's, it's not logical anything. <laughs> it's... I don't know what it is, but logic is not. Well, it's what's not invading the room. them, you know. It's, no doubt, it's a cult. It's yeah. a death cult. Yeah, it's frightening. Well, speaking of things that are perceived as death cults, uh, <laughs> because I do want to go on. Smooth. To, I want to go on to talk about what's happening in Texas uh, and yeah. what happened this week. Oof. Um, Oof. What you know? I think the draconian anti-abortion uh, vigilante laws that that they passed. Uh, in Texas this week, it did achieve the desired outcome, which was to get people to stop talking about their draconian uh, voter suppression laws. <laughs> uh, you know, just hey, happens to, hey, to make a bunch of women into victims. Um, so, hmm, yeah. Another thing the, that I I don't understand, much like, you know, these people that we were just talking about, you know, where they make huge leaps to make sense of this but can't get the obvious is the the whole thing with the vigilantism you know and you have a problem with the ten dollar ten thousand dollar snitch reward thing going uh, a little bit yeah you should uh, <laughs> a, a little bit it, it's the whole idea that well you know this we we aren't enforcing the law 
as Very as the state law. entity. Yeah. So it's, it's up to the citizens. So, so it's so that's not part illegal. of the genius of, of how it's written, which is so yeah. fucked up. There they wrote it. So okay, this week the the Supreme Court didn't do anything to stop it, right? Well, part of the reason they didn't is that to do it, there has to be some kind of a lawsuit with like a defendant and a plaintiff, all that stuff. Well, no lawsuits have been brought yet, so they can't do anything because there has to be a lawsuit. Normally, people would sue the government. They'd sue the attorney general in order to stop the law because the attorney general is the one who's enforcing the law. Well, they don't know who they're going to sue yet, so they can't sue to challenge the law. Therefore, the the, the Supreme Court was like, ah, our hands are kind of tied. I don't know if their hands really were tied, but that is, you know, in, in my research, what I learned. Yeah, I, but which is kind of confusing that I'm surprised somebody couldn't preemptively sue Ken Paxton. She go, hey, this is going to be this is a bad law. It's going to have bad effects. You're the attorney general. I'm suing you. Well, but he's you know he's corrupt and you know self dealing oh, anyway and got away. And I mean more than right usual. There is actual. But why proof, not lob but- that preemptive grenade into the works? I mean they're doing all this stuff that seems to be quasi legal. So pull, pull so the pin. Here's and something else I read. Okay, so. There's also this idea that they're doing this to get back at us for passing laws, us being liberals, passing laws about individuals, private citizens, suing the gun manufacturers over the shootings. And essentially, structurally, these two laws, both the one about individual private citizens suing the gun manufacturers and individual private citizens suing abortion clinics, are very similarly structured. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and they might be doing it. I don't know if this is for sure. This is my own editorializing and speculation. Maybe they're doing it, it to get back at us. To, to then get what? rid of Wait, the these, gun law. Are, are Republicans uh, misguided and vengeful? Mm. I, I, that just doesn't seem to fit their profile. <laughs> I mean, I kind of hope it's about the gun law because that would mean that if they strike it down, then they're also striking down the gun law in the same kind of one fell swoop uh. of doing that. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. Well, and the reason I I did start this conversation with talking about so-called death cults, apparently the Satanist church is suing Texas, saying that, you know, abortion is a, uh, and I I don't think they're ritualizing it as in like, you know, hey, Sunday night, you know, uh, (laughs) a a fish fry and abortion fest, you know, but uh, they are saying that, because their religion uh, does preach dominion over your own body, that it's the, a violation of their yeah. religion. Yep. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, this works because it's it's one of the things. You know, we've seen a lot of comparisons between uh, the the Texan legislature and the Taliban this week for obvious reasons. But it is really interesting that a lot of the laws that these so-called Christian Republicans like to pass in terms of religious freedom only apply to uh, how it how it works with their vision of God. Yeah, I, I always, know, no other what, religion. what I don't understand with the whole, with all these abortion restrictions is that where life begins is a religious idea. It is based off of your beliefs, My, not off of any facts, and right. therefore the government should have no dominion at all on that. None. None no. whatsoever. Mike Dugan still has the best joke, I think, about this of all. He said, life begins when you start minding your own fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the first time he said that on stage, I went, oh, Christ, he's got it. That's the Everybody could just put your pens down. That's the joke. Yeah. That's the one about it. And he's absolutely right. I don't... Uh, uh, I and don't get it. These ideas, how much they try to control women's reproductive stuff is absolutely absurd. And it's hard to explain to men how bad it is. Example in my life, I've, I've never had an abortion. Thank God. I think that sounds like a very difficult decision and it haunts some women. Some women are like, whatevs. And that's fine. And everybody's different. I'm really glad I haven't had to get one. But I did have an experience with birth control restrictions. I had an IUD for several years, and then it came time to remove it because those things expire, and you don't want to have an expired apparatus up inside you. Uh, that's not healthy. <laughs> All up in your business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that that kind of stuff it can cause infections. That's you know it, it literally is harmful to have something in you that's expired. Let's, like if you yet Viagra is legal. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so I, I went to the doctor and I said, hey, I got to get this removed and i would like a different kind of birth control put in um so oh, did you do the norplant you, you, yeah i did the arm implant who, yeah yeah for those who uh, aren't looking uh, <laughs> that that tapping noise you heard was cat yeah i was <laughs> the tapping arm. my arm um because <laughs> my arm was like you should know what kind of birth control i'm on i don't know why. Uh, world hello um yeah i got i got the next one on but i didn't want another iud i was just like well you know i'd like to have something else um, and she's like, well, we don't do those here. We don't really do any of that because this is a Catholic organization. It was a Providence Holy Cross Hospital. Oh, I didn't know that. Where I got the IUD was non-religious. It was Sansom Clinic up in Santa Barbara. They were just like, oh, you want an IUD? Here, take it. Like, <laughs> put it in yourself. <laughs> How many do you want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? they didn't, it was not even a question. They're just like, yeah, sure. Take it. So... I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, here's a paper. You got to call the insurance company. It's called a carve out. You give them this code and they'll do a thing and then give you Thought an appointment you were at another getting place. Getting birth control to avoid having a carve out. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Hello, joke. everybody. You're on fire. So I go to do that and they're like, the insurance company goes, we don't know what you're talking about. The provider is supposed to give you your uh, procedure. And I was like, well, the provider told me to call you guys because they don't do the procedure. And they're like, well, I don't know what to tell you. You should call back your provider. I called my provider. And they're like, well, here's the number. You're supposed to call the insurance company and they're going to give you, it's called a carve out. They do it all the time. I'm like, really? Okay. Call the insurance company. I went on for months like this. I'd wait a few weeks to calm down because it really pissed me off. And then I would just like be on the phone for two hours, three hours on hold, going in circles, trying to get just motherfucking birth control, you guys. Now, let me ask you a question. And this is, you know, uh, as a, a, a male and B, a non-Catholic, um, but also figuring, you know, these organizations tend to be up to no good. Do you think that it was basically a stalling technique? Like, you know, and obviously you're, you're just getting birth control. You're not trying to deal with an unwanted pregnancy. But you see a lot of the laws that had been passed up to this point by draconian southern anti-woman states uh, that are largely about causing enough delays in yes. in the process that by the time it's like, okay, we relent, you can have an abortion. Oh, wait, uh, I I'm sorry, The how long? Six months? Yeah, no, you can't get one anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you think they were, you know, basically slow peddling birth control to try and keep like, you on the, on the Catholic something. up and up. 
Yeah, basically, like they don't want me having sex at all. They don't want to endorse me having sex as like a fully adult woman in a relationship that's monogamous or or even not. I Maybe I'm not in a monogamous relationship at times. and I, I wasn't in the past five years. I still deserve to have birth control if I want yeah, to. What the fuck? Yeah, maybe it's none of her business. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not. And, come on. I also think, you know, we were talking about the, the possible... Uh, transferable powers between yeah this abortion law and and gun control law i i am of the belief you know as we were talking like well when when does a fetus become a baby it's like well Well, as soon as it has a handgun yeah well that's yeah well they yeah you can get that even before birth down there but years ago i had i had put a joke up that uh, occasionally still comes back on twitter it's like wow someone liked a 10 year old joke awesome but it's uh, that i'm i'm volunteering at a pro life bake sale this weekend i'm going to be selling uh things of, of raw batter and insisting that they're cupcakes <laughs> and a, a lot of a lot of the you know religious thought speaking of oxymorons on that topic is well, you know, it's it's what the fetus is going to become, and so oh, if you if so you it's apply a, that it's logic, well, and so oh, if you Christ. apply that logic to guns, which are only being sold for you know target practice, hunting, and you know sporting, but it could be used in a murder or a mass shooting. So if we have to preserve, up oh, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my big mouth. Um, no, but if you, you know, well, you, you can't get an abortion because, you know, what this group of, of non-sentient cells will probably become. Well, if you look at the statistics of gun owners and people who live in a house with a gun are more likely to be killed with their own gun. Domestic violence in homes that have guns stats are through the roof so you could make a a very viable case that you know yeah maybe you bought the gun for for hunting and sporting but it is most likely going to be used to kill one of your family members or you know yourself if if we're lucky so (laughs) maybe you know if we're just looking at the potential of things we're gonna have to get rid of these guns could we also go back to the fact that the the book that they don't tend to read a whole lot, but really the Bible. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they pound on it quite a bit. And they say, it could be that could be mind comp. You know, you um, never know <laughs> in Ma- I think it's Matthew. They actually say, Hey, it's not a baby until it comes out and it draws its first breath. Oh, so, the breath, mm-hmm. the breath. So if you're not breathing outside the womb, you're not viable. According to your own book. There's that. There's there's also this. I I read that uh, this whole idea of, of being completely pro life, no abortion at all. It didn't happen until in the last century. It became something that was a, a political uh, unifying cause. It was it was Nixon uh, trying to get the evangelicals on board. Yeah. And before that, it wasn't really a thing. In fact, even the Puritans were okay with abortion. And the Puritans, like, they killed you for anything. They're like, oh, your hair is funny. We're going to put a giant rock on you until you're crushed to death, witch. Yeah, the Puritans were horrible people. They named named women goody. Uh, They did a lot of bad things. Were you dancing, Kat? We're not having any dancing. (laughs) Off to the rack with you, my friend. No. 
Yes. Don't burn me at the stake. Are those your ankles? We can see. <laughs> Off to the rack with you, my friend. And yet somehow the Puritans were fine with abortion. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't, I, well, let's let's hope the Satanists come to the rescue. Not the first time in my life I've said that. Somehow not surprised. <laughs> they uh, they managed they managed to get the Ten Commandments removed from the front of the city hall in Arkansas. Yeah. Or the state capitol. And and because all they did was say, Hey, it's a religious text. If you're gonna have that, you gotta put up e- everybody's equal protection, yeah. So they got the uh, the statue of Baphomet with the two kids. Uh, there was I think it was in the uh, state capitol in Illinois. Uh, where the Satanists got a display alongside the Christmas tree and the menorah, uh, that it was like a uh, a hand holding an apple with a snake wrapped around it, uh, <laughs> which I think is Brilliant. awesome. First Brilliant. of all, second, I used to have a bong that looked kind of like that, <laughs> so you know, a little bit of a. Nostalgia. Nostalgia, yeah. Who, who was I listening to the other day? Um, just that there was an interesting idea that uh, people should be careful of folks that speak for God. Um, oh, hell yeah. Because that was what the serpent was. He was, you know, claiming, like, he was like, oh, here I have this knowledge. You know, I'm I'm speaking for God. So people should be careful of pastors and all these politicians who are trying to tell people how to do their religion. I'm like, maybe they don't know. Maybe you know. I've been talking about this a lot lately on my podcast because we've been doing a lot of episodes on cults. And one of the ways that cults get you is they try to make you feel like you don't know. And the cult leader or the cult people, they know something you don't know that you need to know Mm -hmm. in order to become your best self. And you are inherently, you know, the implication of that, not your best self. But I can help you. Only I can help you. You are less than. It's all. It's very kind of subtle. It's like no one ever says that you suck. You know, but they're like (laughs) you don't know the thing, and we know the thing. You don't know the thing. Um, You could be like us if you know the thing. Yeah, you want to be like us. And they use that to to get power over people. And I don't know, maybe the best thing we can do is like empower people and be like, oh, guess what? You actually know what's right and wrong in your heart if you listen to something called empathy. Yeah, but I, I've noticed a lot. It seems, you know, and I, I think the numbers have already have, have always been there. It's just, you know, they're feeling uh, less encumbered these days by conscience. So we're seeing a lot more people coming out with no empathy. Uh, not not the old Chicago punk band, but the, uh, you, could, you need the disclaimers. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's, it's a very fine line that we walk, you know, where you're asking people to trust your judgment. And yeah, then you got hubby's got a fever. I have the paste. It's like, okay, so maybe not everyone should trust their own judgment, you know, but how do you, how do you do that? Where do you draw you know? the line? I think when it comes to ethics and stuff, you have to kind of be like, trust your gut of what's right and wrong, because maybe your gut is telling you, you know, if you're killing a cat and you feel gross about it, that you shouldn't kill a cat. I don't know. What am I saying? Something along those lines. You know, you see people dying, then be sad about it. They're dying. They're suffering. Like, that's something you should think about. Women who are being forced to carry pregnancies to full term with a dead fetus in their stomach that's poisoning their blood. Maybe feel some or empathy for or that. Or if it's their dad's baby uh, or their brother or, or rape Uncle baby. Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Makes 
no sense at all. There are so uh, many cases of, of where abortion is necessary, both for the health of the mother or even psychological well-being of the mother or for the, the sake of the life of children that already exist. You know, like sometimes you've got a, a family that already has five children. They're already skidding by, barely able to feed everybody. That woman needs to have an abortion so that she can still feed the rest of her family. And if that's what she wants to do, she should be able to do it. And there are so many specific cases that the government has no right to decide. That's between her and her doctor. That's it. See, but what you're forgetting is, you know, she she's a woman. So she doesn't have the capacity for, for full rational thought. Who's going to stand up for the rights <laughs> of the unborn clump of cells? Mm. Or the dead, the already dead fetus that's inside her. Like, because some people have like those weird complications where the the fetus has no organs. Like, yeah. you could just be carried. It has like a heart and then like nothing else. So the second it's born, it will potentially die, or it can be like rotting inside of the body and poisoning her blood. That is absolutely a thing that can happen. And because it might still somehow have a heartbeat, I don't really know how that all adds up. It doesn't to me, but it's a thing. They're like, no, we can't well, I think do this it's, abortion. You know, kind of similar to the way they use stem cells to grow like a human ear on the back of a mouse. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, well, you know, sometimes the cells just do what they want to do. And, you know, it's kind of like when, when you get a Lego set or for grownups, you buy something at Ikea and ah, I don't need the directions. I'm just going to wing it. And sometimes... Cells will do that, and you know that they'll can, forget to make intestines or well, a yeah. brain, so it, and make the rest. And of then it. a conservative is born. Uh, no guts, no brains. Uh, but you know, sometimes it's a, a deformed fetus. Sometimes it's cancer. Cells will do what they do. They don't follow the blueprint all the time, and for the times when they don't, if you are growing that inside of you. You should be allowed to to say, you know what? No, not going to, you know, I don't want this tumor in me. I don't want the, this, you know, fetus in me. It, it, your body, your choice. I, that, that would be a it great slogan. Someone should easy. go with that. It seems very, very easy to, to do that. And I've talked to a lot of people who are like, well, what's the problem? I'm sure there are exceptions. There are exceptions for the health of the mother. Um, those are hard to get nope. and you can get people who are Texas. really stubborn and don't want to do that. Even the Texas law supposedly has an emergency clause, but who defines an emergency? And now they're leaving it up to some, you know, some, some pro, white men, some pro-lifer or somebody who might still not do it because that's how, that my experience is that they can be very stubborn and irrational. Even on basic little things like birth control, you think they're actually going to be rational when it comes to somebody's life or death situation? I don't think so. You had, you well, it depends, had, depends whose life or death. <laughs> well, you had to run around. If it's for, just a woman. Nah, yeah, you had to run around you know, for months just trying to get an IUD for God's sakes. Get it out. Or get it out, Even, yeah, and get another form of birth control. Yeah, when you're dealing with a potential, you know, oh, it's a person. No, you're going to get some irrational nurse lady who can sabotage the paperwork, or they're going to sandbag it. Meanwhile, this woman's blood is being poisoned by her dead inside deformed baby thing, and then she dies because they're giving her the runaround because first she's got to somehow prove it actually is a medical emergency. They're probably going to send her to get a second opinion from more doctors. Well, you know, that's what she gets for fucking. That's, you know, her husband in a marriage. Not that that matters, but somehow it does. Then that's part of God's plan. 
See, it's really convenient. You don't need facts when you can just justify the shit that you want. Yeah, see, I got kicked off of God's plan, and then I got put on Cobra, and it was like 1200 a month. You're killing me, God. You're killing me. And I, I am certainly not taking away from the kudos that she got on liberal social media this week. But I was a little disappointed with Jen Psaki. Some reporter from, uh, I think it was like a Catholic, paper or some you know yeah. religious news outlet was asking her well if if joe biden is a catholic how come he supports abortion and she gave a great answer but what i would have loved to have heard is well that's his religion and so he doesn't have any plans to get an abortion anytime soon now, because we don't live in a theocracy, mm-hmm. his religion doesn't dictate what everybody else should do because, you know, democracy. Ameri- America. <laughs> um, and I really, I would love to see someone in an official capacity just take these people to task and just like flat out, you know, you don't have to call them the Taliban to just remind them and everybody else who may be listening that these people are exactly like the Taliban. I've seen so many memes just, just like different, listing different here God. are the things that they have in common and when like women with no abortions, women shouldn't work, women shouldn't get education, like all these things that are true on both sides of it. It's crazy. It's well, you know, yeah, but yeah. that's, you know, it doesn't apply when we're talking about me. Right. Take a look at the people that are screaming sharia law and then and then take a look at what they want. And yeah, there's, well, it's there's no difference. Same, well, yeah, just different different bearded fellow uh, calling the shots. But it's funny, you know, uh, when when I was in college and I went to school, uh, anyone who listens to the show is probably sick of hearing about this, but I went to school at the University of Missouri. And there is a uh, there are a lot of strange fringe Baptist cults in the Midwest, but there's one specifically uh, called the Maranatha Baptist Church that's based in Springfield. Uh, Missouri, which is uh, down southwest, and they had a very active presence on our campus. And there was an area, uh, I'm sure it still is, I haven't been back to Mizzou in a while, but an area called Speaker's Circle, which because of the, (laughs) depends on the use, Uh, but the, the acoustics with the buildings around it, if you stand in speaker's circle, it is acoustically designed to for the sound to carry a lot okay. further. And so you get a lot of people who would set up, you know, out there and start yelling things. And the Maranatha Baptist would usually have someone out there, you know, with a with a provocative sign that said, you know, John Lennon is rotting in hell with Adolf Hitler on one side, on the other side, women submit to your men. You know, something to draw a little attention, get people to come by. And I noticed that there were a lot of people who were trying to battle their nonsense with equal nonsense. You know, it'd be like some deadhead skateboarding through the circle. Jesus was a dreadlocked hippie. You know, which, while entertaining, it's not really doing much for the cause. So I started studying the New Testament because I figured, well, you know, I already know the old book, the original, well enough. Never really sat down with the sequel. And I figured since that's what these people tend to base a lot of their arguments on, I should read the book to find out why they are peddling, quote unquote, the word of the Lord uh, under false pretenses, you know, misinterpreting to suit their agenda or to know other verses in the New Testament that 
Where a counter strictly, argument, yeah. yeah. Okay. Work as a counter. So it's one of those things, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, pun intended, but I think education and knowing what material your opponent is working off of is going to be the best way to combat it. Now, you know, education to, to combat ignorance, not really a two-way street because the ignorant as you were saying earlier, Kat, you know, the, the, the lack of uh, belief or faith in experts, people who actually study things and learn things. So coming at the ignorant with, with education may not be it's the up, best. It's uphill. That's an uphill struggle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there is uh there is this guy, his uh, Joshua Harris, he wrote a book, I want to say in the 90s or early 2000s, called I Kissed Dating Goodbye, and ended up becoming a pastor. And the whole concept of it was like, you, you date, you, you do courtship, you don't date, you know, you, you go out with someone with the intent of, am I going to marry this person? And then you marry them or you don't, but you don't even like kiss each other before marriage, right? And he got married, eventually got divorced, because you know what, like, he had this whole idea that like, if you want God's best then you need to follow God's word um, until he realized like, oh my God, I, I didn't get God's best because my sex life with my wife sucks. We're both unhappy. What the heck? And everybody else seems real happy who dated. What on earth? See, and I- he went, he went, he got a theology degree and I listened to this podcast episode with him and this very liberal progressive Christian minister. And after having gotten the theology degree, he comes back and he's like, oh, actually our bodies were made by God to experience pleasure. <gasps> what? We were made this way so how can you be like no this is unnatural you should feel shame every time you're aroused or have a biologically programmed experience you are made to have you know well because it was education that if you trust your your instincts and and the the physical things that are are prompting your body to respond in some ways then you know, you're going to want like self dominion and you're going to think you can make your own choices. Better to leave it all up to someone who claims they know what's in a book. Mm-hmm. You know? Because when he was that conservative, he had not gotten a theology degree. He was just like, oh, I'm a pastor now. I wrote a book. Like he, he wasn't formally educated. It wasn't until he did get that formal education that he was like, oh, aha. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Because I think also a big part of the the whole you know no sex, no kissing, no no fun, no nothing. It it's kind of like if you have never had pizza before, you will accept uh, what in St. Louis they refer to as pizza, which is basically like a cracker with ketchup and a mix of cheddar and mm-hmm. some white cheese. And then when you actually have pizza. You're like, I've been eating this crap this whole time. So the idea is if you never get pizza, like you won't know how unsatisfactory your sex life is if you've never had sex with someone who knows what they're doing. If, you know, it's been limited to, you know, the the other person who's never had sex that you marry and whatever children you come across, again, pun intended, then you're not going to know what you're missing. So you're going to think, well... I'm not enjoying this. It must be a personal defect. Let's go talk to the priest. Let's go talk to the answer man. You know, it's Tennessee, Tennessee, and Chumley. Great. Let's Let's ask Mr. Whoopi, you know. I'd like to know why I'm not getting good pussy. Oh, gee, Tennessee. (laughs) Gee, Tennessee. Maybe it's because you got a tiny dick and you don't know how to use it. (laughs) 
Yes, but penguins penguins are monogamous. <laughs> oh, here's yeah. That's what I've always found just fascinating about. Hey, I'm going to go talk. Tuxedo? No, I'm going to oh. go talk to a priest about sex. We yeah, I'm going to go talk to Stevie it. Wonder about painting my fucking house. I yeah. mean, really? Come on. Hilarious. I'm uh, stopping by Subway after we record the show to talk to one of their sandwich artists about uh, the finer points of, of Van Gogh and gourmet cooking. <laughs> I, I pulled up a, a thing over here. It, Sharia Law, anyone? It, it's from, uh, I got it off of Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but it's, okay, it says, Are you concerned that Sharia Law, the law of Islam, is being legislated here in America? Here are some of the tenets of Sharia Law. Government based off of religious doctrine. Women have fewer rights than men. Homosexuality outlawed. Rejecting science in favor of religious doctrine. No separation between church and state. Religion is taught in school. Abortion is illegal. Curiously, these are the same beliefs as the Republican Party. So if you want Sharia law in America, vote Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, on that depressing note, uh, let's let's talk about the California recall <laughs> because uh, you know, and we were talking about this on the show last week. That I, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there going, eh, "Yeah, I don't live in California; it doesn't matter to me." Well, as we had said, and you know, leading Republican contender Larry Elder actually came out and said it this week. Diane Feinstein, senator from California, is yeah a couple of years younger than God and pretty much on her way to meet him or her, whichever you prefer, depending on your theology. But when she goes, who do you want appointing the next senator? Uh, because I'm guessing she is not going to be courteous enough to align her death with uh, the election cycle. So, you know, being human, you got to expect she's going to die whenever the time comes. And whoever is sitting in Sacramento as our governor is going to appoint the next senator until, oh, until the following election. So right now, Senate, 50-50, and I would say a balance, but Democrats don't really know what to do with the power. So Also, we have two sandbaggers in our midst. We had Cinema and Mansion who just will exactly. not play nice with the other kids. Yeah. So uh, if you if you live in California, you know, vote no on the recall. Keep Gavin Newsom in office. If you don't like the job he's doing, that's great. We've we've got an election coming up next, next year. year. So you know, if if waiting around was good enough for the Republicans when Trump was in office, you know. I, I think we can wait. But if you don't live in California and you know someone who does, and it, it isn't anyone here on this panel because I think we, if we haven't already voted, we know the way we're going to. But talk to your friends in California and make sure they understand. Because also with the Supreme Court uh, sitting on the Texas decision this week, that would not have happened if the court was balanced or liberal so there, there is a lot riding, potentially, on the California recall. The, the recall itself, though, I think, by my layman's understanding of it, is by definition unconstitutional because you could appoint somebody as governor who got 32% of the vote. Yeah, if so that. he's not a popular. He's not popular enough to do it on his own. So we got to slide him in on this funky process. Yeah, but I mean, in a, in a nation that you know depends on the electoral college, we we aren't exactly a representative democracy as we like to tell people we are. Not at all. And yeah, that is that is definitely a, a factor in the California election. And I know there's one lawsuit already 
claiming that the the process is unconstitutional. It is, but I don't think anything <laughs> is is going to get done For, before no, no the election. So much like we were talking around the time of the 2016 election, this is the time to change shit. Like yeah. we, it, it's too late to, to change things for the current recall, but we should already be working on changing the way the state law works and actually get something that works. Oh, I wish there was some sort of phrase uh, regarding justice that encompassed my feelings on this. Oh, uh, for the people. Maybe something that works for right. the people instead of just a, a few of them. Also, Larry had that whole I smoked pot and waved a gun at my fiance thing that doesn't seem to be sticking to him like it would everybody well, else. Well, because she was just his fiance. If she was his wife. Um, <laughs> Let's be real. If she was a man, they'd care. Yeah. Uh, well, yep. if she was a man, then he wouldn't even be on the Republican ticket. Because, well, there's that. <laughs> you know. Well, that. By the way, uh, congratulations to Secretary of Transportation uh, Pete Buttigieg and his husband, uh, who have twins as of uh, this Aww. weekend. So, congratulations. You know, it's funny. I, I guess you could still use the word delivered. Although they were not in the traditional them? sense, yeah, uh, by a stork, <laughs> uh, something you know. But um, yeah, the uh, the the first gay cabinet member to uh, have children. So nice. Mazel Tov to uh, to the Buddha judges. Yay! Good yeah. for them. I have, you got to have a little happy news in here. I I have mixed feelings about Pete. I think he's a good young kid. I think he's smart. The fact that he was an intelligence officer and a major in the Iraq conflict Love terrifies it. me. Oh, really? Terrifies me. Cuz if you're if you're an intelligence officer of that grade, you're in the you're in the dirty tricks department of trying to topple governments. That's what intelligence officers do. I mean, not not necessarily um, my uh, my person my boyfriend <laughs> you already called him that during, my boyfriend uh, during the course uh, of the show was actually part of the intelligence wing okay i guess you could say that of the marines and it's like it honestly that that was that, my impression of, right. of hearing from him it's like you're listening to all the things and then giving the information to the right people so it's not necessarily like i wouldn't say it's dirty tricks it's listening coordinating right. that effort that was your boyfriend's experience that's yeah, dirty true. tricks is just a <laughs> part of it, or at least the part of his experience that he's allowed to talk. But I mean, about. he was in any rock in the Marines and uh, listening in on all the all the things. Well, the all the all the chatter, all the chatter, all the chatter, and the and the grouse. That's some walk. good good chatter there, Bobby. Oh good my chatter. goodness, that's good chatter. <laughs> <laughs> was that Bill Murray? Uh, I, I remember it was like an old SNL skit on the camera. It's good chowder. Good chowder. And it's, uh, it's some good chowder. I think, I think Chevy Chase Teddy, might have been Teddy, in Teddy, did you try the chowder? Oh, that's good chowder. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, we're, we're talking about intelligence gathering on, on foreign terrorists and uh, big we, moves this week on domestic <laughs> terrorists when the January 6th commission announced that they, they are asking telecom companies to, you know, they're not demanding the records yet, but they're, you know, 
putting out an order not to destroy them and because who, we, we just might need them. And who lost their shit about that? Well, that would be Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. And, and Jim Jordan. Yeah. If there's nothing to hide, buddy, why you mad? <laughs> Wait a minute. You can't use that. That's their line, Cat. That's theirs. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like another conundrum. Like I was saying right, earlier, you know, about the whole, uh, I you know, I really like that line of logic, but it in order for me to fully adopt it, that means I have to embrace like this one core belief of and you know i thought about that and this i've experienced a transformation uh in the hour since the show began (laughs) but uh no you know i mean if the republicans don't need to be consistent with their messaging eh, neither do i so uh fuck it yeah uh you're all all that crap you can say it doesn't make it true but as long as you believe that then this must follow i think we can we can go with that kind of logic Look, I mean, we have the the right to privacy unless there's a warrant. Basic, basically, that's right. practically what's going on. And they have a reason. If they have a legitimate reason to subpoena your communications, then by all means, you don't have a right to privacy if you just murdered somebody and they think you've got the weapon in your house. No, you don't. They can just bust the fuck in your house and get the murder weapon. Wait, are, so you're suggesting that our law should encompass something uh, we could maybe call it, I don't know, probable cause? Yeah. Weird. Is isn't there like an amendment uh, to the Constitution about that? I think um, it's the. Is it the fourth? I believe that would so. Be, yeah, that sounds familiar. The fourth Amendment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Weird. Mm. So strange. But you know, you do have uh, uh, the the new McCarthyites who are threatening. You know, basically, nice telecom company. Be a shame if anything happened to it. Ugh. And what? Is, well, actually, what are the? I understand they're threatening. We're going to do something, but they haven't said what. Well, that's you know, it's in, kind of it's it's like the whole idea, like the Ukrainian uh, Biden investigations, doesn't have to be a fruitful investigation. It doesn't even have to be active. We just need something that we can announce. Right. So right. what you're, what you're are the consequences? Like the FTC or SEC? It's probably going to uh, investigate them for antitrust shit. Yeah, uh, wire fraud, interstate uh, commerce. These are all things that tend to fall under, you know, the the whole telecom thing. And you know, maybe that's maybe that's also one of the reasons why they they don't want uh, statehood for Washington D.C. Is well, it's not a state, so you can't you can't apply states' laws, states' rights. They they don't apply. Washington D.C. is just a, a territory where we all happen to work in crime. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe. But uh, it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, we saw the uh, the QAnon shaman this week plead guilty, and his sentencing is is going to happen in November. Uh, but one of the other uh, January sixth insurrectionists, a guy who had been released on his own recognizance, with very stringent stipulations on his release, who got sent back to jail this week because one of the stipulations of his release was he was not allowed to go on the internet. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I, I wouldn't say I feel bad for him, you know, because I, and I'm not going to play the Beretta theme. Like I have been doing the last few weeks on the show, (laughs) you know, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Right. But what he got busted for was watching the My Pillow Guys Cyber Symposium. And it's kind of like if you're going to 
do something that could potentially land your ass in jail, go, b- play, that's what you're doing right, it for? Go, go big or go home, dipshit. Good it, Lord. It, it's like, yeah, you know, I was supposed to, uh, you know, limit myself to X number of calories a day. And uh, so instead of eating a cake, I just had like 700 calories more than I should have of styrofoam packing peanuts. <laughs> like, dude, if you were going to, you know, if it's your cheat day, like you said, Jeff, go big. Yeah, go bigger. You know, so yeah, you're, get, you're getting busted for watching Mike Lindell's crazy video. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, that's you know, what I feels... feel bad for the guy about is uh, just poor viewing choices. <laughs> I re- oh, God, it's like the star-crossed lovers thing. I feel like the government is like the parent and it's Romeo and Juliet. And he's like, I can't believe they said I can't see you. This means our love is real. Uh, I have to see you. I can't give you up, baby. Well, and on I love that you, note, Mike Lindell. talking about the the. Q- QAnon shaman guy, his his family and his attorneys are trying to make the case that, well, it's like a first love thing, you know, with, with him and Trump is like, you know, he's just got that uh, that thing where you just can't get over someone who's like, um, oh, like a stalker. <laughs> like, yeah, well, maybe a little bit, but we don't want to call it that. But this, oh, well, it's, you know, it's his first love and, and he just can't, he can't quit Trump. Um, I I don't think we have uh, laws that Look, uh, you, use that as the justification for your first, yeah, if committing you're for, felonies. If your first love is heroin, you're not going to get my sympathy there, Chief. Second I don't know what love? to tell you. No, no. Uh, and I'm, I'm worried the poor guy's not going to get his vegan organic diet in whatever prison he's going to be sent to. Yeah, I'm guessing uh, he's going to wind up eating a lot of meat. Uh, Hello, everybody. <laughs> doinka, doinka. Face palm over here. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of heroin, um, and I, I think there's a good way to go out. Uh, <laughs> no, no not, not like that. Uh, <laughs> For once, that's a pun you didn't intend. <laughs> <laughs> may have intended it a little bit. Okay. But um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the Purdue Pharmaceuticals bankruptcy settlement this week yeah the sacklers get to walk basically yeah basically uh they're they're getting fine pocket change for them i mean you know for what is it 4.8 billion dollars which you know it's more than my budget but for them it's it's nothing and i think this comes at a very curious time because uh, i guess they're not entirely shielded from lawsuits but they're they're mostly and Looking at what's happening in Afghanistan, I was reading an article about how, and this is how the Taliban, both in Afghanistan and here in America, you know, they try to justify their existence. You know, you bring up the stuff, well, women don't have rights, you know, uh, homosexuals don't have rights. You have to live your life by the laws of their interpretation of religion, uh, it's all bad unless you're on their team, but they try and, you know, sell the good side of it with, with stuff like, yeah, but we're anti-drug. And so the Taliban, you know, is, is very opposed to the opium trade, That's good. which, well, you know, small favors, I guess. And, but, but the, the problem they're, they're looking at now is that since most countries around the world are not, going to recognize them as the legitimate government of Afghanistan, therefore not giving them foreign aid. Uh, well, how does Afghanistan make money otherwise in, in tough times? Oh, 
That would be the opium trade. So I, I am seriously wondering, and you know, yes, this, this is maybe a little hyperbolic, but I would, I would bet good money. Not a lot of it because not a betting man, but I would bet the Sacklers have at least discussed the idea of sending representatives over to Afghanistan to talk to the Taliban and say, look, we will we you're, will handle the opium trade. You're two years behind. You think they're already in on it? We had we had troops guarding our troops guarding their heroin fields, their poppy fields for years now. And you the want Sacklers? to know why? No, the U.S. The Afghan, no, no, no. When you say their their opium fields, the who's Taliban's. the Taliban? So, one of the reasons they grew opium in such giant quantities: a, it's a huge cash crop, but also the. The deal we made originally with the Taliban going, hey, we'll back you against the Mujahideen and everybody else we'd like to see out of this area, but you can't grow cotton, which was their other gigantic export crop, was cotton in Afghanistan. Also, Aleppo used to be the luxury soap capital of the planet, and we blew that into the Stone Age, so there was another income stream we nipped right out of their bud. And we took away their cotton because we didn't want to have them competing with our cotton growers here in the States. So, so, so now down. they can make Oxycontin. Right. And then you also have the Sacklers. <laughs> Look you at know, you. I, I, I say things like this sometimes just to get the reaction. From just to get the eye roll. <laughs> so the Sacklers have been bribing and um, making prescribing opiates a big fucking business in the United States, which you can only get the prescription for so long. And then you're addicted and you still have to have that kind of substance. Hello. Afghanistan. Heroin. So you're suggesting they're making their money on the front end and they're set up to make it on the back end as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why, why these drug dealers are so crafty. See, that's why when, when they got to walk, when the Sacklers got to walk, my hackles went up because I'm just like, you know what? You guys were part and parcel to this whole fucking debacle in Afghanistan. You know, we should never have been in there longer than about 18 months. You go in, you whack the guy you want to whack, you get the fuck out of Dodge. But there was never an exit strategy. There was never anything other than, hey, perpetual war is going to be good for me because I'm invested in Raytheon and Halliburton and GE and Exxon. Great. You're making bank. And we're sending kids who don't have any other options to die so your bottom line gets fat. My boyfriend was 18 when he joined the Marines. He joined them right before 9-11. He said he had been in training camp less than a couple months Holy over wow. 29 Palms. And then all of a sudden he was like in the cafeteria, in the mess hall, and on the TVs, he saw nine, like he saw it all go down and oh, was like, man. what the hell? And there's like announcement over the loudspeaker of like, hey, uh, everybody go back to your room. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, right? Uh, Jesus. We'll give you directions to follow. And he's like, oh, shit. This means yeah, this yeah. Is it. things are going to happen. Oh. Yeah, this is go time. Can you Yikes. Oh well, so big, big uh, takeaways from uh, this episode. Uh, I think um, religious extremists are all cut from the same cloth. Doesn't matter which bearded guy they're leaning towards. It's it's all a hair shirt, and we're all going to have to it, wear it. Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> it Boo. is as they Boo. say these days, problematics. And um, <laughs> maybe, maybe, hopefully, the Satanists will save us all. Oh so I think those are the big takeaways. Next week is the 20th anniversary of the attack on 9/11. So I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna deal with that then. But uh, and I'll save my my big annual telling of the 9/11 story for next week because it it is a uh, somewhat humorous. 
my story, not the, the whole story of 9-11. That's pretty tragic. But uh, any thoughts, you know, since you guys aren't going to be here next week, just any any thoughts on 9-11 that you, you would like to share or personal just, accounts? I don't I don't really have any personal I mean, I was in sixth grade. Yeah. I was just days into middle school when it happened. I My boyfriend and I were going through the, the timeline on a, a website we found that had like the exact timestamps of when things happen. I, I was like, I think I saw one of the things happen in real time. But we're going through, we're like, okay, it wasn't the planes that hit because I would have been asleep. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I saw, you know, 1028 a.m. was when the second tower crashed. And I said, oh, I watched that. That's what I yeah. saw. I remember brushing my teeth. My mom's like, come watch the TV. Something's happening. I go out there to watch the TV. And a couple minutes later, it falls. Yeah. And I remember, he, like, listening and, you know, hearing the wee, 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 wee sound over the TV. I'm like, what, what is that? And then you'd hear, and like, what's that? And my mom's like, I think it's the bodies. Of the people jumping, yeah, oh, that were hitting, and every sudden you'd hear just like smack, you know. It was, uh, but as a kid, I, I don't think I could comprehend the gravity of what had just happened, but I do remember feeling more so the fear that uh, something would happen to my dad because he worked in a building downtown, downtown lady for the Department of Water and Power, and. I, I was smart enough to comprehend, like, oh my God, they are we are being attacked, and they are hitting big buildings and city centers. Right. And I was like, oh my, I was so scared for weeks that they were gonna attack my dad's building. I'm so glad that they didn't, that that was it. But you know, it was a really scary time. Nonetheless, I'm so glad we're finally out. I'm so over it. I'm done with this. I, I hope they find ways to prevent terrorism that don't involve having our kids in harm's way. Because an 18-year-old, 19-year-old is a kid. Yeah. Not, uh, not able to drink yet, legally. <laughs> I mean, so it, it's absurd. And then the other part of it that I'm just so done is, you know, the Afghan army, they just they just walked. They just gave up and walked and... And some of them were also child molesters. Like there was rampant child abuse from the Afghan military that the Taliban would use against them. Like they'd send these little boys, they were called dancing boys, to kind of seduce the Afghan officers. The officers would bring the kids in, you know, molest them, abuse them. And then the the kids would be like, ha ha, I'm actually a trained child soldier. And then kill a bunch of kid, uh, kill a bunch of the Afghan soldiers or American soldiers. And that kept happening. And when I read about that, just this was just recently, I didn't even know about it. I'm like, you know what? Just. Can we get out of the neighborhood? Can we just be done? <laughs> yeah. Because it's like nobody's a good guy there. And then even like the women are the ones who suffer the most and they're mm-hmm. not the ones fighting. The patriarchy remains the patriarchy, whether it's the Taliban or the Afghan police, the women are still going to be like, like they're, they're more subjugated, obviously, under the Taliban. There is a difference. But for the men, there is no difference, which is why they're not right. going to lay down their lives for someone else's rights. They don't give a shit. And until somehow, some way... The women can fight that battle. It's going to be a long time, and we don't need to send our guys over. Like, I'm sorry. No, you're absolutely we right. Don't. 
you know, and I think it, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if it's going to be like the Twilight Zone or, or, you know, some other similar show, but I, I seriously anticipate an episode where, you know, a woman gets airlifted out of Afghanistan. Finally, I'm free and gets dropped in Texas oh, and, no. and the nightmare begins again. You know, it's like oh, boy. the Burgess Meredith. It's not fair. It's not fair. I had so much time, <laughs> but yeah, it's, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I definitely agree. Uh, we, we had no business being there in the first place. It's a damn good thing that we're out. Jeff, any any memories from uh, September 11th that you'd care to share? I was on the treadmill getting ready to go to work. I was doing my 45 minutes of, of super walk with the TV on, and then the first I'm watching, and then I watch a plane hit one of the towers, and I'm saying, wait a minute. I'm not watching a... I'm not watching a movie. I'm not watching a Schwarzenegger flick. This is happening in real time. And I went bang on my roommate's door and I go, you fucking got to get up, man. There's shit going down and it's not good. And just remember watching it. Just Jesus, now what? Was the first thing that went through my head. Good Lord, now what? Because I was afraid that we would do exactly what we did as opposed to using it as a unifying moment going, okay, we all need to heal this wound. We all hang together and everybody that looks like that isn't like that. We're going to be okay. Nah, George got up on the fucking rubble and went, let's kick some ass! Yeah, and it was it was basically, uh, we did all come together, but much in the way that the villagers in Shirley Jackson's The Lottery came together. Right. So, uh, literary, check it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I For me, and like I said, I'm going to go into the full story uh, next week, but I was dating a girl who lived in New York, and I was out here, you know, in L.A., and... At the time, was working a job. I didn't have to be in the office till 10 a.m. So my phone rings at like 6:30, and girlfriend is frantic. Are you watching TV? I'm like, no, it's 6:30. I'm I'm sleeping. Turn the TV on. Whatever. And then I turned it on. It was like, okay, freak out, justified. Um, No doubt. So yeah, that was that was a very strange awakening on that day, and then the day just got weirder from there. Yeah. So to hear the rest of the story without tuning into Paul Harvey, you should definitely check out next week's thrilling episode <laughs> of Let's Be Treasonable. As for now, I would like to thank the people who made this week's episode possible. A fine grant from the... No, uh, no grants. We're, we're doing fine on our own. Thank you very much. If you want to send money, we're not going to say no. But for now, I am strictly referring to the folks who are here with me today. Cat Alvarado, Always a pleasure to have you with us. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Follow me on Instagram, y'all, at the Cat Alvarado. That's C-A-T-A-L-V-A-R-A-D-O. And you can also follow me, same handle, on Twitter, where I post random short political thoughts that are sometimes funny. So... And the Villains of History podcast. Yes, how could I forget? My podcast. Listen to that. It's great. (laughs) On on the Hoo-Ha-Ha podcast network and everywhere you get podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen. It's there. Right on. Well, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Jeffrey Scott Hendrick, always a pleasure to have you you in the house, as well should you so desire. Where can people catch up with you online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, You can catch me on the Morris Code Show. I'll be uh, (laughs) tapping out my thoughts onto the wire.
uh, I have to get an Instagram page. Everybody seems to be having such a good time with it. So um, the next time I come, I promise to have an IG page everybody could follow me on. How about right that? On. That sounds good. Fair enough. Well, Be well, my friends. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being with us in person. Yes. Always, always a pleasure. Me, as I stated earlier, still Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the social media on Facebook, Robinson. On the Instagram, rarely there, but when I am, I am the Dr. Robinson, and I am on the Twitter at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials as well on Facebook, all spelled out. Let's be treasonable. And on the Twitter, we are at L E T S B T R E A S O N A B L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening and the platforms where you're not, if you've got the time and inclination. If you didn't like what you heard, well, I've been sure. Joe. I've been Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Joe Rogan, and I'm going to go smoke weed and take some horse dewormer. Uh, now, if you didn't like what you heard, not sure why you stuck around, but thank you for doing that. Make a deal. You don't tell anyone about us. We won't tell anyone about you. Everybody's happy. Sounds good to you. Sounds great to me. We will be back next week in one form or another. Until then, goodbye. goodbye.